Welcome to the We Are Here for Good podcast. I'm Pastor Jen Fight from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Howard, Wisconsin. And we remember that as the body of Christ, we are here for good and we are better together. Good Shepherd is in the middle of a 12-week worship series, Unraveled, Seeking God When Our Plans Fall Apart. And in our story this week, we are back in the book of Exodus. A few weeks ago, we heard the story of a grown-up Moses taking on the hard-hearted Pharaoh, calling Pharaoh to let God's people go. Well, today we go back in time, to the days before Moses could talk, to the days of Moses' birth when he was that little baby in a basket placed in the Nile River. Today, our Bible study is focusing on our central reading for this coming Sunday's worship from the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verses 15 through 22, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. In the first chapter of Exodus, in Exodus 1, verse 8, we hear, Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. During the time of Joseph in the book of Genesis, God's people had come to Egypt as guests. They flourished. They were a blessing to the nation of Egypt, and they saved the whole region from a time of famine. But that story has been forgotten. There's great danger in forgetting our story of not knowing who and whose we are, of not knowing where we came from. It's one of the great struggles in the Christian church in America today. People, even people who have been churchgoers their whole lives, they do not know the story, the story of God and God's people. It's been forgotten. And when you don't know the story, how on earth is that story supposed to shape your life? But I digress back to baby Moses. The Pharaoh in Egypt does not know the story. He did not know Joseph. And the people who were once welcomed guests have now become a nuisance. The people of God are forced into slave labor by the Pharaoh. But still the people of God continue to multiply. And Pharaoh knows that the day is coming when the people of God will outnumber the Egyptians. And then, and then Pharaoh will certainly have an uprising on his hands. So even though Pharaoh is greatly benefiting from the slave labor of the people of Israel, he now wants to cull their population. All Hebrew boys are to die at birth. Pharaoh commands the Hebrew midwives to kill the babies that they help to bring into the world. But the midwives, it turns out, the midwives fear God more than they fear Pharaoh. As we read this story, consider where you see God at work. Who is God working through? And how are the actions of particular people shaping what God is up to in the story? And if you want to get really deep, how are your actions shaping what God is up to wherever you are at? First, we hear from Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 22. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, she shall live. 
But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. Picture this scene with me. Two Hebrew midwives are called into the court of Pharaoh. Can you imagine slaves being brought before the king? And the Pharaoh tells them to kill all the baby boys as soon as they are born. Imagine the moral compass and the depth of their trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Imagine what it takes for them to stand up to Pharaoh. Their trust and fear of the Lord overshadows this command of Pharaoh And then they tell this bold-faced lie to his face when he asks them why there are still male Hebrew children crawling around Egypt. Wow, so often women are ignored or forgotten in the stories of the Bible, but here these two midwives, these two women, they are named so that their story and their faith and their courage is not forgotten. And we hear, so God dealt well with the midwives. It's a wonderful verb choice. As the verse begins, it almost sounds like Shifra and Pua are going to be punished, like parents saying to their kid, I'll deal with you later. But no, God blesses them. God deals well with them. God gives these two women families of their own. So the Pharaoh is forced to go public with his request to kill all of the Hebrew boys. He commands all of his people to throw every boy that is born to the Hebrews into the Nile. And the story continues with chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch, and she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying, and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, 
because she said, I drew him out of the water. Moses's mom sees that the baby is a fine baby. The words reflect the words of the creation story back in Genesis 1, and God saw that it was good. Moses isn't just a cute baby. He's wonderfully made by God. He is good because he is part of God's creation. And so she hides him until he gets too big to hide, and she puts him in a papyrus basket. And the word in Hebrew for this basket is the same word that is used for Noah's Ark. One is monumental in size, and one is teeny tiny, but both seek to preserve life. Are you getting the sense that Moses' mom knows the story? She knows the story of creation, of God's good creation. And she knows the story of Noah and how God saved his people from the waters. And Moses' sister stands at a distance and watches. The basket is spotted by Pharaoh's daughter. The baby is crying and she's moved with pity. She guesses rightly that this is a Hebrew baby, a baby who was to be drowned in the Nile. But before she can formulate any words or judgment of her own, Moses' sister suggests, shall I go and get a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter agrees. Looks like Shifra and Pua aren't the only women who are willing to disregard Pharaoh Looks like his own daughter is willing to do the same. And the baby was named Moses. A name meaning to pull out or to draw out from the waters. How could you not know his story as soon as you heard his name? How could you not know that this baby, this baby who should have died, now lives? He has been raised up out of the waters. He has been given new life. As you continue to reflect on this reading from Exodus, think about the stories of the Bible that have shaped you. Which ones are at the heart of who you are? And how is the faith of our fathers and mothers and the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father, how does that impact our story today? And how does our fear and love of God lead us to do what is right, even at great risk to ourselves? As we hold these questions in our hearts, let us pray. God of all creation, God of the waters, you raised Moses out of the reeds and you raised us up in the waters of baptism. Teach us to live as your people, shaped and guided by your story, to do your will in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessings, my brothers and sisters in Christ.